0: and welcome to another of our short podcasts focused on the event industry. I'm Martin Blunt and in this episode we look again at sustainability, although this time through the eye of one of the world's biggest AV suppliers, creative technology. My guest is Mark Butterworth, he's Director of Operations here in the UK. Mark, thank you so much for taking time to talk to me today.
1: Uh, Thank you Martin, thank you for the opportunity. Uh, Obviously it's a subject that from our perspective we've been developing over the last few years uh, particularly in the UK here so it's good to have the chance to to tell everybody what we're doing.
0: Well I think most people in our industry will know of CT but perhaps not everybody knows exactly where you are in the world and the reach of your activities and I'm quite interested in what you do at CT so maybe you could tell us a little bit about your role. So I'm the Director
1: of Operations here in the UK and my focus really is ensuring that everything we need on the day of an event is is delivered in tip-top condition Uh, and that includes the people as well as a team of of people that work for me that that deliver those individuals to site with everything they need to obviously focus on the client's needs on the day and that varies across the different sizes and different markets we exist in. but essentially that's what it's all about making sure that our delivery is 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 right for site so that the uh, individuals on site have everything that they need for the job that they've got to do
0: it's interesting because we think of a, an AV supplier as all about the equipment, but the people really are the people that make it all sing and dance, aren't they? I, one of the things
1: I often talk about uh, when interviewing uh,
0: new, new people for the business particularly is that the technology
1: that we have, a lot of it's cutting edge and, and, and unique in some respects, but essentially most people can get hold of it if they pay the price or... You know, they have the connections, but uh, the bit that makes the difference for us is the people, absolutely. So, and, and generally, that tells uh, for us in longevity of staff we've got a, a very, very low turnover of people. Uh, people are passionate about what they do and enjoy it, uh, and that's always really satisfying.
0: I guess, you guys being a provider to so many large events I mean, the Olympics, state occasions sustainability must have been on your radar. Uh, earlier than, than many organisations.
1: Uh, yeah, the, I mean, some may not know, but the ISO standard that covers sustainability was actually developed around the Olympics in twenty twelve. So, you know, event sustainability in its kind of uh, in an organised form really came about because of that, and we were we were heavily involved in in that uh, from the bid actually, from the bid of the Games to delivery in, in, in venue uh, at all of the events around London Olympics, something that we've obviously done for many years around the world for different Olympic Games. But yeah, that, so, that, so, so it's been on our radar for quite some time.
0: That must have been quite a challenge because you had this enormous event, the, uh, the 2012 Olympics, but all these extra considerations layered on top. Was it frustrating, or, or did it all come together quite well?
1: Well, we saw it more of a partnership, really, because uh, with it being a lot, a lot of new ideas coming in, I guess uh, it was more of a partnership rather than kind of feeling, you know, threatened to deliver on those on those particular topics. So yeah, I, I, we, we saw it as a partnership, and you know, we've we've kind of developed from then our own kind of approach to sustainability. So,
0: so you say now you've developed your your own approach. What's involved? Lots of measuring carbon, I guess.
1: Uh, from a sustainability perspective yes so the standard covers that uh, we've we've for many years since, since the mid 2000s we've had uh, an iso standard uh, iso 14001 which covers uh, our environmental impact uh, so we, we we now have uh, quality 9001 health and safety management which is 45001 and then sustainability as well so in order to deliver that because of the impact on the business and we've employed a compliance manager neve Goodridge. Uh, who's really passionate about the subject? So, that you know, in order to deliver uh, on collecting all of those data points and basically understanding uh, all of the challenges around the new certifications and, and, and what you need to achieve, and developing because that's the important bit about it that continual improvement.
0: So, how have you gone about building and, and changing? Because you, you talk about people that you, you touched on passion there with your compliance manager. How have you managed to get that into the organization? so uh, a number of years ago we were heavily rel- like, like
1: a lot of the industry really because of the cyclical nature of the work we do we found that we were using a lot of temporary labor and uh, a lot of freelance labor which great we have some fantastic freelancers uh, and local engagement with with temporary staff here as well but we, we felt like we needed to uh, reinvest in uh, people coming into the industry something that is, has not really been a focus of live events businesses enough. I think, I think we recognised that from the fact there was no live event apprenticeship, for example. There is now, obviously there's then there's, there's movements to that better. But so what we did essentially in that, at that point was say, well, we need fresh people into the industry who we can develop and educate in the CT way, but also in a, in a live event way, because it's a, a fairly unique industry in lots of ways. So we uh, earmarked a, a significant portion of, of our uh, turnover into uh, traineeship which basically, it started out as eight people, it's now 12, uh, and those individuals go through a journey with us. Uh, The end of that journey is uh, generally will be considered that these guys have got uh, all the skills needed to enter the live events on-site technician role that we have uh, and apply themselves to lots of different technologies, giving people opportunities really. So that's an example of of, of what we've built to make that
0: happen. I think that's really important because there's so many people would say to me, how do you get into events? And then everybody sort of maybe, as a group of you, everybody has a different way they come into it. There was nothing structured at all, was there? And I, I noticed that some of the freelancers that you were talking about, myself included, we we're all getting a bit older, and there weren't new people coming in because I guess theatre techs and what have you would be the, the old traditional way of bringing people in. But you've you've gone out there to, to try and crack that. Yeah, I
1: mean the inevitable march of time catches up with us all, I suppose. But uh, one of the, one of the I think the reflection of that sometimes is that oh we're not investing enough. But but what is also evident is that the guys that are in the industry now, and some of them for years like yourself and, and myself as well, that we adapt really well. So new technologies, changes to business environment, etc. We we can cope with that well, uh, but that 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 hasn't allowed us to look at what comes behind. Uh, and yeah, it, you're right. It's hard to see. You know, we're, we're not very public, particularly from our perspective as a supplier, because what we're about is making sure the client the client's message is put out there. So we're not very good at saying, Well, why don't you come and work for us because you can do these things. And that that's another aspect of it that we're trying to improve the visibility of the live events industry i suppose which is i mean what you know a long time ago when i first started i i had no idea
0: well the the education piece is certainly working because uh, completely unrelated and nothing to do with me but a client of mine phoned up and said oh my son who's at university and is really keen on on technology has gone to i think it was an open day at your crawley headquarters had a thoroughly good time, and I said, "Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's uh, you know, they're they're good guys down there." And then it was some months after that he phoned me up again. My son's got a job at CT, uh, so I think you must have you must have reached out to the universities or the colleges in order to uh, spike a bit of interest. Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, I think the important
1: thing was for us to try everywhere, really. Uh, you know, with lots of people in the local community here, which again ties back to the sustainability standard about making sure you. Keeping the local area involved in what you do, but but also to colleges and universities, etc., along with alumni of CT, people we've known, clients, etc. But yeah, it, it, it was it was something. That specific example was uh, our CT Fest, uh, where we we set out from the beginning. Lee Dennison and the guys organising set out from the beginning to make sure that students were engaged with the full uh, gamut of what we're delivering. So they, they got to see the clients, they got to see the technology, they got to see suppliers. You know, we did we did a round table each day. So we did three days of CT Fest. And and one of those, uh, well, quite a bit of that was around sustainability and environmental impact of, of the industry. And we invited a student to each of those round tables to make sure they were part of the engagement process. And we also did a, a speed dating uh, around some flight cases where we where got the chance to engage with students and they got a chance to engage with us so it was a real they were thought about as part of the whole day, whole event really rather than kind of a, a what we've done in the past is we've brought them in at the end and Kind of giving them a few hours and a tour, etc. The the idea with this was to just integrate them fully into what we were doing, and it was exceptionally well received. Yeah, Uh, and it's great to see the people that have come on board from that, and the dialogue we've had since. Actually, so really good.
0: I I hear, you know, colleagues in the industry, people listening. We we've all got sons, daughters, nieces, nephews, friends of friends, somebody's neighbour who've got you know young people who are trying to get in and. I think after the, uh, listening to this, we're going to be saying, "Have you have you thought of giving CT a ring?" So don't be surprised if a few people knock on your door saying, "When is the next CT fest and can I come along?" No, I, 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 we,
1: we, we'd impress that. It's uh, it, it, it's it's a really enjoyable part of uh, of, of what I do, particularly uh, because you know, essentially, the journey often starts with with my team here in operations, uh, and, and yeah, it's, it's it's great because it, it freshens everything up. Really, it gets us thinking differently, and and there's lots of the. The guys that are now in the technical roles uh, that, that that put the pressure on you to, to keep to stay dynamic and keep across the new technologies and keep you keep you alive in lots of ways, Martin. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Absolutely, keep you on your toes. Yeah. I I'm sort of hearing therefore that you you guys at CT are thinking that um, the training and the education is the way of getting the the sustainable and uh, environmental issues to the to the fore of your organisation. I, I wonder have you seen have you seen it working? I know you've you know, the CT Fest was, was not that long ago. Any, any evidence of, of this education actually turning up front?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, what we're seeing is, uh, so we have a compliance committee where we uh, engage with all of the workforce to come up with ideas uh, on, uh, on any of the things that are in that compliance sphere. But uh, sustainability is one of those, the health and safety element, et cetera. And we're finding that where you engage with uh, uh, particularly some of the younger people coming in, uh, they're really keen to, keen to make a difference. So we're seeing people not just from an environmental perspective as again, as I've said before, but wanting to, to, to work around mental health for example, uh, and, and keeping people healthy in the workforce, but also engaging with the environmental uh, aspects of what we're doing. local community. One of the individuals we've brought in has set up a or, or engaged with a charity and the scheme basically collects up foil crisp packets something really simple we all eat too many of, I'm sure Uh, speaking for myself I think that's the case (laughs) Uh, but with those crisp packets which would normally go into the waste stream and be either reprocessed or landfilled the charity creates foil blankets for the homeless. And, you know, at the moment we're collecting those up and the staff are really engaged to the point where we often see overflowing stuff. We've got to get it out because, you know, ear pigs are eating too many crisps, but, uh, but, but, but putting them to good use. So, um, And they, they also offer, a, the next step for us is to do a, a workshop day with the charity where you can make blankets yourself and then go out and distribute them
0: you'll have to give me the uh, the details of that charity and I'll I'll put it on the social media with the with the podcast details because uh, other people I'm sure love eating crisps and would like to get involved so I'll get those details off off you.
1: I, I can't promise that it'll be a guilt-free experience eating crisps Martin but it certainly <laughs>
0: makes it feel better when you're putting the packet to good use. So. Well there's an excuse to go and open another packet. <laughs> I think if your job is amazing because you get to oh let's go out and buy some amazing new kit to put on our shelves. But I guess sustainability and those wider environmental and social responsibility commitments that you were alluding to earlier, that all has a part of, of your buying decision now. It, has that become an active part of your procurement, as it were?
1: Yeah, in, in different ways. Uh, so obviously the equipment that we use on a rental basis to service, service the events is, is uh, we, we purchase that with a long-term investment view anyway. But... You know, we've looked at things like uh, the weight of items because you've got to ship, this, ship these things around. How do you package them? Again, because you have to ship them around. The power usage, so trying to minimise that, get the brightest LED for the least amount of, of energy intake. You know, th- 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 those things are important. And then also, what can you do at the end of life of the thing? As part of looking at this, the sat- one of the satisfying things is how good we are at reusing technology in the industry. You know, we, we, we have streams that we use when we're finished with the stuff we have, we, you know, we're, we're an early, early adopter of many of the technologies that you see. So they will get a long lifetime here, but also we've got now good opportunities to move things into different environments following, following the, the completion of the life with us. Uh, so, you know, ideally, and, and this is very symbiotic in lots of ways, because you know, if you're saving power, you're saving freight costs, you know, all these things you can, you can it actually works anyway for, for the business. To be looking at them, so it's really nice that you can tie that with an environmental factor as well, because uh, that's that's how you get that positive engagement really when you can see those business benefits as well as environmental benefits. But that does come into the selection process certainly, and and also when we're looking at equipment that, you know, consumable items that sort of thing. We're doing a lot of work at the moment trying to trying to get move away from things like gaffer tape or, or uh, PVC tape, which is a staple quite hard to to shake off but uh, other things high vis is that you know we're looking at a business that recycles plastics to create clothing and then we'll take that back when you finish with it to reuse again.
0: I I can hear all the people listening who are working in the industry going well we use an awful lot of gaffer tape the whole industry's stuck together with gaffer tape and we're all in high vis all the time so high vis made of sustainable or recycled products with some way of, of managing the waste management sounds like an amazing thing I guess for some of the smaller organizations we have to wait for people like you to go order a, a few thousand in order to create the demand so you're actually a- actively doing that
1: we are and, and funnily enough uh, I had a meeting a week ago with uh, the the chap that's that's found the supplier and for us it's about saying well look you know we when we met with them we said okay we know what our demand is but I think the important thing is, how much demand can we create to then you know and, and i will be honest it's beneficial for us because the unit price changes but actually we know that the more we engage as a as a, as a large business we've got a global reach creative technologies exist in, lo- in lots of regions around the world we, we were talking with our northern europe cousins only only last week about the same thing so trying to create that demand which obviously then we're happy to share and Get other people involved with as well.
0: When you when you crack the uh, the gaffer tape and PVC tape, you will let me know, won't you? I,
1: I would say watch this space, but yeah, not in the next year or so. I don't think so. But we are working out Actually, what we found is some of it's around just how people think about these things. You know,
0: I uh, I think it's also sometimes the the small things. If you walk around my house, you'll find AA batteries in so many things that were once in a microphone, because of course we want to put nice fresh batteries before doing a very important show in a microphone or, or, or whatever. But it doesn't mean that they have to be thrown away afterwards, you, you, you know, they'll power your mouse for another six months after that. So so I never buy batteries. Well, the whole house is run on recycled batteries. Yeah, yeah we've
1: done the same thing here. We have a, a big box of AA's, A's, the common household batteries and they come out of our single use and we just, you help yourself you know, Uh, they're on a a box. So if you you pop in here Martin, help yourself to the box that we've got on the side because we we do have plenty of that.
0: Well there may be a charity listening that says, oh I could do with a few batteries, well let us know because the industry does have a lot. It's going away a little bit as people change the way that the equipment is built with rechargeables and what have you, but uh, there are still a lot flying around so let us know. I guess to finish, it's it's just to get your overview on where do you, you think we are as an industry in engaging in this stuff. Uh, some people, I guess, uh, just want to tick the box and carry on as before. Other people, you mentioned a couple of members of your team who are really passionate. Do you think, oh, we're clearly moving in the right direction. Are we moving fast enough? Or are there too many tick boxes? I, I, I think it's a
1: difficult one, really. I think because uh, you can always move faster. And, you know, the, the recent situation with the environment we've seen across the globe can kind of encourage us to move faster Uh, but you you you, people often look around them rather than looking at the wider world particularly when the problems are so big Uh, and you know our job here is to try and engage as much with people on where they can make their own changes within their life and we're trying to do a lot of that here what we've done as a business is we started and you know i'll put my hand up we started putting tenders out and tenders were asking for you know, 9000, 14,001 standards, we, we, we looked at that and we, we went through that exercise. But, but then, you know, we started saying to ourselves, well, can we use this to better our business? You know, not just about sustainability around all of those standards. We put the investment in, you know, we've got a compliance manager, we've got, we, we engage everybody across the business because we've moved on from that exercise. But, you know, the tick box thing is okay because it starts an engagement process. I think the, the the bit for me that's important is you go, well I've I've done that now, what else can I do with that? I've put the effort in, let's not waste that, let's build on it. And that's what we've tried to do at C T. And, and and that's important because that, you know, from our perspective, we can then encourage other businesses, say, look how we benefited from engaging with this sustainable model. You know, it's it, it's very difficult, you know, we, we exist in a world where we have equipment that we need to ship around. We we've worked in every corner of the globe really. The benefit with CT I suppose now is that we do have local businesses in different regions so that mitigates a lot of that uh, use of freight or flying people around but we still have it so you know there is, the challenges are still there but what we're finding is people are really engaging now. So
0: It sounds like that just talking to you over this last 25 minutes or so that you're, you're actually seeing a, a real business case for doing sustainability it's not just because we and clearly we do have to <laughs> we have to do sustainability for all those environmental reasons but there's a clear business i mean it's creating your uh, education programs, your training programs, the way you go to market. So it sounds like there's a business reason for doing this.
1: Absolutely, and that and that was the reason we, when we look at sustainability, that, that 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 that's what we're focusing on. Not just that whole thing about the environment, as in directly changing how much carbon you you you're using and trying to reduce or mitigate that. It's about taking that that sustainable business model forward. Because you know, if you include that education with your you know, with our trainings, for example, if we talk to them about a sustainable environmental business model, then they'll take that forward. And those guys coming in at that point in the industry are likely the future business leaders in the live events game.
0: Well, it's been fascinating talking to you. I'm looking forward to coming to the next CT Fest as long as long as I'm invited and I can have a packet of crisps when I get there. I think I think we'll put that in the swag bag, Martin. Definitely. So. Before I let you go, I really am intrigued on some of the stories that you've been telling us about the suppliers you're engaging with. Have you got any contacts for us?
1: Yeah. So the uh, charity we work with, with the crisp packet recycling, there's, there's, they're called the Crisp Packet Project, and they describe themselves as a community interest campaign. At the moment, we're only sending things to them. They're, they have lots of projects around. Recycling crisp crisp packets. As I said, one of one of those is the ability to to make your own packs as a workshop. You know, make your own blankets as a workshop. So, so that's the crisp packet project. Excellent. Uh, yeah, we, we get our uh, uh, we're looking at the high vis, the business that we're looking at clothing generally actually. Uh, so not just high vis, but high vis is what we're looking at specifically at the moment because we get lots of them. That's a company called Upcycled Medical. Uh, they're looking to rebrand to Upcycled Uniform, but. The business currently is Upcycle Medical.
0: Well, I'm sure there are other organisations, and if they want to get in touch, and we'll, we'll certainly mention them on other podcasts, but it's always good when you find a, a charity or a supplier that's worthy of mention, so thank you for sharing those with us.
1: There's there's, there's another business that we've worked with, actually, uh, Martin, that's, that's worth noting, Event Cycle, who you may have come across yourself, but uh, they're, they're a group of people who are, are looking to make the event events industry much more sustainable, so... Uh, excellent business. I, w- I would love
0: them. I, I have used them and in fact i uh, you've reminded me I was going to invite them in for a podcast at some point because I think they've got a great story so uh, so that's a good reminder to me. Thank you. No problem. My guest is Mark Butterworth. He's Director of Operations of Creative Technology. Thank you for your time today, Mark. Uh, no, thank you, Martin. You'll find other podcasts focused on the event industry linked to this one or adding to the library all the time so please pop back and see us soon. I'm Martin Blunt. Thank you for listening.